0: You're listening to the Sigrum show, episode number 458. In this episode I talk to Nikki Roush about how to develop and sell VIP days. Today I speak with Nikki Roush, the CEO of Sales Maven, an organization dedicated to authentic selling. Nikki is on a mission to transform the misunderstood process of selling. She has over 25 years of experience selling to prestigious organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett-Packard, and NASA. Today, entrepreneurs from all fields hire Nikki to show them how to sell successfully and authentically without being pushy or salesy. In this episode, we talk about how to develop and sell VIP days. Before we dive in, I want to share this review Holly has recently left. I was introduced to Sigrun by JLD from Entrepreneur on Fire, and she has fast becoming one of my zeroes. The podcast is on my list of top five must listens. It is for a truly professional entrepreneur. I listen to every episode normally multiple times and always with a notepad and a pen. Sigrun, I implement your ideas and appreciate your work very much. Thank you so much, Holly. Reviews like this really warm my heart. Have you left yours already? My team and I put a lot of work into this podcast and want to continue doing so. And your review can help more listeners like yourself find The Sigrun Show. So if you haven't done it already, hop on over to the show notes at sigrun.com forward slash 458. And there you will find instructions how to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't have an iPhone. And there you will also find all the links to Nikki Rausch. I am so excited to be here with Nikki Rausch and talk about how to develop and sell VIP days. Welcome on the show. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm excited to spend this time with you.
0: I'm excited about this because I remember when I was starting out, uh, the thought of selling VIP days was very scary to me. And now I kind of laugh about it because uh, it is not that hard. But if I imagine someone listening right now, and if they're anything like me seven years ago, it is not something that comes easy to people. Also how to uh, charge for it, uh, how to market it, how to sell it and actually execute it. So... (laughs) I'm excited that we'll dive into that. But before, we want to get to know you, Nikki. So what has brought you to do sales, to become a sales expert and to be someone that teaches others about sales? Where did it all start?
1: Well, the the long answer, I guess, is it actually started out of a college project. Now, I had had some sales experience like Uh, my first ever commission sales job, I was working at the mall and I was selling leather goods and it was a minimum wage job, but they had this incentive that if you sold a certain amount, then you would, you would make more. And I started doubling and tripling my hourly wage. So I got a little bit addicted to that commission based sales kind of platform. And, and then from a college project, I got into technology sales and I was in technology sales for 17 years. And while while doing that, I got really curious about how to build deep, long-lasting relationships because the industry that I was in, relationships were so key, and that really brought me to studying neurolinguistic programming. So I don't know if that's a new term. You seem like you know what that is. Okay. So for anybody listening, study of communication, and I started studying NLP because I thought, oh, it's going to make me a better communicator. It'll make me better at sales, and it definitely did. And it helped improve all the relationships in my life because I became a better communicator. And so I really dug deep into NLP while I was, you know, I was a traveling sales rep, that, that road warrior type, and did that for many, many years and got to a place where I started wondering, you know, what else is out there for me? Like, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? But I was hoping maybe there would be something more fulfilling And, um, my NLP teacher at the time had moved to the state that I was living in and had asked me to start, um, assisting and helping her grow her business. So I left my corporate gig and I started kind of helping her grow her business. And that was the first time I really started spending time around entrepreneurs and from spending time around entrepreneurs, I recognized that many of them were struggling to make money. And when I would kind of dig into that, as I would get to know certain people the reason they were struggling to make money is because they didn't really understand sales conversations. They didn't know how to meet somebody, you know, uncover if there was a need or a want, and then how to move them through that process. And because I'd been doing it for so long, that came natural to, to me. And, and because of my studies of NLP and teaching and assisting my NLP teacher, I had become pretty proficient at teaching structure and steps. And my business sales Maven was really born out of wanting to spend more time around entrepreneurs because I love the energy of an entrepreneur and teach women specifically how to get better at those sales conversations. So now that's what I do. I teach a five step approach to sales. I call it the Selling Staircase. I wrote my third book about it. And um, yeah, that's me. Kind of <laughs> that's maybe the long version.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, not too long. Not too okay, long. good. <laughs> So how long have you been doing it now?
1: So I'm just coming up on my eight-year mark here pretty soon. So I'm pretty excited. And it has been the most fulfilling thing that I've ever done for myself, really. Like that sounds a little bit selfish, but for myself, like it is so fulfilling to work with somebody, teach them how to have better sales conversations, and then see the impact that my clients get to make in their own communities, in their own businesses, in their own families. Hmm.
0: Yes, sales is uh, for many a scary topic, yeah. and uh, there is this thought that sales is possibly sleazy—that mm-hmm. you're like this awful car salesman <laughs> and you're trying to, you know, push something onto yeah. somebody—and it is not like that. How no. do you how do you see sales?
1: So I see sales as um, kind of a, a switch. So oftentimes I think people think that sales is something you do to somebody. And I teach that sales is actually something you do with somebody that it isn't about like your job is really not to convince anybody that what you have is the right solution for them. Your job is to understand, do they have a problem or a need? Are they open to hearing your message? Can you deliver it in a way that is palatable to them, that they can take it in, they can hear it. And then do you know how to make an offer? to that person. So they can decide yes or no. And if the answer is no, that's okay. But if the answer is yes, then you get to make a bigger impact in whatever it is that you are doing, you're offering and in the life of that person that you're working with. So the, I teach a lot around sales conversation and how to move through that. And I always say like, you got to stop talking at people and you got to stop and you got to start talking with them. And that means real conversations need to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love you said that because I repeat this uh, so much to my clients. Yeah. We are not in the convincing business. No. And no, we are not in the convincing business. So I'm thank you Nikki for telling us again this is not what we do. Nobody's convincing anybody of anything, but you are just having a conversation and if the fit is right, it is up to the person to take a decision and you got to live with that decision whether it's yes or no.
1: Yeah, exactly. I love the way you framed that, that we're not in the convincing business. That makes me like, it makes my whole body feel happy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yes, yes. Like I'm so sick of people thinking like, you got to convince or change people's minds. That's not what selling is at all. And when you are in that mindset of like, oh my gosh, I got to convince this person because I need this order. I need this sale that's when it comes across inauthentic. That's when it feels icky and gross. And that's really where you turn people off because we've all been on the receiving end of having somebody treat us like we're just a walking around wallet and they're just trying to get into our wallet and you are like, oh, that doesn't feel good at all. So when you start to look at sales is that... It's really about having conversation. It's understanding. It's learning how to listen. It's learning how to ask the right questions. It's learning how to put your offer or lay your offer out in a way that makes it easy for somebody to say yes and or no. Then it takes the pressure off of the person who's like, I don't want to be known as a salesy salesperson because you won't be then.
0: And you talked about talking to real people. Um, I teach my clients launching. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of people are very excited about launching scalable programs, Mm -hmm. because then you have a sales page and people just go to the sales page, click a button and buy. So you don't have to have that conversation, that scary (laughs) conversation. But if the launch is not going according to plan, the only way out of that pickle is to talk to real people and figure out what they want.
1: That's right. And frankly, you're still talking with people because you can have the best, most beautiful sales page in the whole world, and you can have the best offer. But if you're not sending out emails that drive people to look at that page, if you're not out promoting that page, how are people ever going to find it? They're not. They're probably not going to find it. So you're still even with emails and I teach a whole course around email communication and I teach a masterclass on conversion email sequences, the the idea is you've got to stop talking at people, even in your your messaging, you got to talk with them. And with them oftentimes means asking questions, even if it's in an email and you're like, well, they're not going to answer the question. You'd actually be surprised. I teach people how to ask questions and I often get responses as if, like I can send out a a broadcast email to my whole list and people respond to me as if they got a personalized email from me and they're answering the question that I'm posing in the email.
0: Absolutely, and even if you have a fantastic launch and everybody's clicking on that sales button and buying, we introduced uh, sales calls or discovery calls Mm -hmm. uh, some years ago, because there's always some fence sitters. Yes. And and they have sometimes decided to buy but they want to hear it yeah. from another person that it is okay yes. to buy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: My um w- my coach that I love, he always says most people are one question away from hiring you. And you've got to give them the the opportunity to ask you that question. So, I think a lot of times people who are uncomfortable sales They're like, I don't want to put myself in a position where I have to talk to somebody because, oh my gosh, what if they ask me something I don't know? Well, this is why I teach the sales conversations. This is why it it isn't about like following a a set script necessarily. And it isn't about like, I'm going to be a robot and, and I'm just going to say this. It's like learning how to have a real conversation with somebody, allowing for them to ask a question, and then allowing for you to position it back in a way again, is palatable. They can take it in, they can hear it. and then they can and then how do you then issue that invitation for them to take the next step? Because on your discovery call, if you're just ending it with like, okay, so I gave you the information, let me know what you decide, you've missed out. You've probably missed out on working with that person. As a matter of fact, I often say, if you're saying let me know, you absolutely are ready to work with me <laughs> because let me know is not the way to end conversations with prospective clients.
0: No. So how do you end it instead?
1: So how you end it is if somebody is still in that, like I'm still sitting on the fence. So let's say that uh, you were sitting on the fence and you wanted to find out about my program. We get on the call. I find out what your questions are. I answer your question. And then before we leave the call, I'm going to say now, is this something that you'd be interested in moving forward with? Should we go ahead and get you registered? I'm going to issue that invitation. That's a yes or no question. It gives you the opportunity to say, yes, no, ask another question. You know, whatever that is. Now, let's say that you say to me, well, you know, Nikki, I really want to just take some time to think about it. Then what I say is great about how much time do you think you'll need? Let's go ahead and schedule a circle back call now. That way I can answer any additional questions that come up for you. And then we can talk about next steps for working together. You know, can we get that on our calendars now? I always try to schedule that next step with a client before I, or a prospect before we end that call. And if you're not scheduling circle back calls, what happens is the person goes away and they told you they're going to think about it, right? But they probably never do think about it because it's just one more thing on their to-do list and it probably never gets, you know, pulled up to the top three things they've got to do that day. So they don't ever make a decision. But if you're if you're on their calendar and they're on yours and you're scheduled to talk tomorrow at 10, chances are at 9.50, they're going to go, oh. I have a call with Nikki. I better think about this. Do I have any other questions? Do I want to move forward? Maybe I don't want to move forward. So I'm just going to send her an email and cancel the meeting. Or I'm going to get on the call with her and say, Nikki, I'm in. Here's my credit card. And that happens to me all the time.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So we are here to talk about VIP days. Imagine someone that has never done VIP days before. How should they imagine the structure of such a day?
1: So, there's a couple things you're going to want to think about is one is your own energy level and what you feel like you can pour into somebody without fire hosing them, frankly, as a prospect, because you know all that you know. And sometimes what you know, you've known for a really long time and it seems really simple and easy to you. But somebody who's going to hear it for the first time, it can be a lot to take in. So, my first thing is always think about what. What does a VIP day like time-wise actually constitute for you? For me, I have found that a five-hour VIP day is a full day for a client. And frankly, it's a full day for me too, because my brain is tired at the end of that. Like that's my energy level is I can go for five hours. Actually, I can go a little bit longer, but I find my clients can't. So come up with your time frame. So for you, it might be three hours. It could be two hours. It could be eight, although I think that's a lot to do with a client. And then think about who your ideal client is for this VIP day. Often it's somebody who's either ready that that has that like quick start attitude. The person who is like, I just want this deep dive. I want all of your attention and I want all of your time and I want all of your expertise for this period of time so that I can then go back and implement everything that you are going to teach me, advise me on, coach me on into my business. So establish the time frame of again how long you're gonna do it. And then think about what are the what are the things that you can offer to a client? Like what are the things that you're known for? What are the things you're really good at? Even if you have a course about it that teaches all of the things, some people don't want to take a course. They want that ability to have that back and forth with you. So when you're trying to think about what's the What's the content of the VIP day? Chances are it's the thing that people are already signing up for. Like that's the content. Like if you have this online course, that's the content that you're going to put to start within your VIP day. The difference is though, is that you're going to be directing all of your answers and tailoring it to them, to their business so that everything is so specific. So don't get caught up in like, oh, I need new content for for a VIP day. You don't, you just need to give focused attention around the things that you're really good at. That's your expertise and then work with them, give them time, you know, teach them something and then see, is there something that now we can go and implement this into your business right now? Do we need to write some emails together? Do we need to, you know, go set up your social media platforms or whatever it is that your expertise is.
0: Mm. So Often the client that books a VIP day is a little bit different from that client that is doing the course. Yes. I would say they are more advanced generally. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And even even though you say like, okay, so maybe they're not doing the course, but the thing is, is that even if they're not doing, like maybe they're more advanced from the course. So you can go deeper into the things that you have in the course. You can do deeper dives around that That topic, whatever that is, that's one way to do it. Um, I know people, some of my clients have very structured VIP days. It's like we're going to work on this for this amount of time and then we're going to move to this. And that's fine if that works for you. I tend to find, even though I tried to do that early on in my business, that just doesn't work for me or for my clients because people come in with different things that they want to work on. So I have an intake form that I send to my VIPs before our day together and I ask them to fill it out. So I already come with quite a list of things, potential things we're going to work on. And then I preframe at the very start of our VIP day, a pre-frame is a way to set the stage of what's going to happen. It creates safety for the person in the room. So I'm going to, you know, kind of go through from a pre-frame, you know, we're scheduled to w- work together for five hours today. I already have a list of things for us to go over that we can work on. And this is your day, You know, you're going to be able to direct it. So if we start to go down a path, you want to go somewhere else, please speak up. Now, in order to make this time meaningful and productive, let's talk about what are the three crucial things you want to make sure that we work on today. Mm. And then I give them the opportunity to tell me what are those three things? Because frankly, even, even if we only get to one, depending on how big of the thing is they're working on, for them, it's going to feel like a huge win at the end of the day because they hired you for a reason. They're stuck somewhere in their business or in their life. There's something that is keeping them from moving forward, and they need somebody who can identify blind spots. They need somebody who can look at their content, look at their business, look at whatever it is that you're doing with them and help them identify things that oftentimes we just can't see for ourselves because we're we're in the thick of it, right? Hmm. So find out what are those things they most need some support on and then get working. And see what happens. They'll love it. Now make sure you check in with them throughout the day. Like I have, um, I teach these as they're called non-context specific questions, questions that you can ask somebody that don't have a context to them. So that allows for you to get some insight into what's going on in the mind of the person you're working with. So one of them is, this is just one question, but oftentimes I'll say to my clients now, how are we doing so far? Mm Mm-hmm. Because- so you could,
0: for instance, it at, ask this right after lunch break or something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. And in your VIP days, remember that you're charging a premium for these days. This isn't just the same price of your course. No, this is a premium. So treat it like it's a premium. You know, for my VIP days, when I used to get to do them in person, that doesn't happen so much now, but, you know, I would bring their favorite snacks and I would make sure, and I would order a special lunch for them that they got to pick for themselves. You know, I'd have their favorite drinks. I would bring flowers. I would bring a VIP workbook that I'd put together for them. So it felt very special. It felt elevated than just, you know, showing up and having a strategy session. So now one of the things that I do for my VIPs is I still send them ahead of time. I send them copies of my books. I send them a VIP workbook And I send them a gift card for DoorDash. You know, I don't know. Do you guys have DoorDash where you are? No, we don't. Okay. Okay. So for us, it's a way for somebody, it's a gift card. So they can essentially order their lunch from wherever they want. And I put enough Uh of a mount on there that they can pretty much get anything from anywhere. And you know, they it's covered. It's part of Mm. the. So I send this ahead of time and I kind of outline for them: here's what's going to happen, here's the logistics and you're going to get this gift card for lunch please order lunch for yourself stay well nourished and then I give lots of breaks throughout it too because again the brain can only take in so much so you got to make sure you know I actually set alarms during my vip days about every hour sometimes hour and 10 and it's just to remind me to remind them to get up and move go refresh you know their their drink take a you know bathroom break or whatever it is and then we come back and keep keep working but if you just have them sit for five hours or whatever your timeframe is, at some point, they're just going to not be able to take in anything you're offering.
0: Yeah. So at the end of the day, do you have uh, any sort of a summary to kind of make them aware what you have actually achieved?
1: So we do, I always do this. Actually, I do this at the end of my strategy sessions with clients, and I definitely do it at the end of the VIP day, is I ask them to talk about what are your biggest takeaways and what are your action items? And we create this list together. So I ask them to come up with it. So, what that does is it causes them to flip back through all their notes that they've taken. And they're, oh, yeah, this. And oh, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Yeah, we worked on this. And so it helps cement in their mind the value of what they got out of the day. Cause now they have this huge list of takeaways and uh, action items. And then a lot of times we'll assign dates to, okay, when are you going to get this done? What's, you know, what's, You know, and then, and so they absolutely leave with a list of action items and takeaways from the day. And then now I have different packages. I have one that's just a day, I have one that has a day plus some additional coaching that goes with it. And then I have a six month VIP program too, right? So I have these tiers so that people can pick what's the best fit for them. Cause some people are just like, I just want this day with you. And I'm so happy that I got this day and I'm going to go implement on my own. But most of my clients don't just want the day and then implement. They want the day and then they want to be able to come back and check in with me and and get some more feedback and, you know, get some next next step direction to whatever they've accomplished.
0: Yeah. I worked with a coach once that used VIP days to sell into her mastermind, And I thought mm. it was a brilliant way to basically wet people uh-huh. and only offer those that you really want to do work on a longer term basis with uh, the offer to join the mastermind. So I thought that was super smart.
1: I love that. Now, one of the things I do in my VIP days is, or for my VIPs, depending on which level of VIP a client comes in, um, I bonus them into my membership platform, which is the Sales Maven Society for a certain number of months because it allows them to now have access to a lot of the training content that I've put together and it gets them into my community, right? Like my my core people who are really engaged with the content and with the things that I teach. And then I also bonus my VIPs into one of my masterclasses because then that gives them that other like deep dive into a very specific topic. Um, And then what happens oftentimes is my VIPs then stay in the Sales yeah. Maven Society, they're like, I don't want to leave because I want still to be in this community and I want still access to Nikki and the trainings. Um, so they're never feeling like it's just one and done. Like that's it. You know, I do this one thing and I never get to interact with you again. Because this is the other thing about, you know, sales is that you have to be ready for what's the next offer. If somebody is going to buy from you, there has to be a next offer behind that. Otherwise, it might be super unsatisfying for them to just get that one thing and then that's it.
0: Yeah. So now we've talked about the structure of the VIP day. Yeah. Uh, We've talked a little bit about discovery calls, but someone listening thinking, well, is my audience ready for this? How do they start to test the waters or basically market their VIP day?
1: Well, I love to test everything that I'm gonna put out. So a lot of times, one of the ways that I will test things is I'll make a list from the people in my community or the people who've worked with me or people who i really like to work with. And I will make a list and I will personally invite that person to see if this is a good fit for them. And I'll outline what's, what's included and, and possibly why this might actually be a good fit for them and engage their level of interest. Um, and from that, oftentimes, once you do uh, usually about three to five VIP days, you start to really figure out what's the rhythm and what works and what doesn't work. What do you like doing? What do you not want to do? Um, What really excites the client? What doesn't? So then you can start to continue to tailor and then you do, and you launch it out to your list and you make this offer available. Because here's the thing, you can, again, have like these really great offers, but if your list doesn't know about them, they're never going to sign up. So that means you've got to promote them. You know, Mm -hmm. one of, one of the ways that you can do this, and it's a simple, this is like so simple, but I find that a lot of people don't do It's just, if you send a newsletter in your newsletter, you could have a little section that says ways to work with me and your VIP day could be listed right there. That takes them to the sales page. That's got a link, takes them to the sales page. If you're not even putting that out there, chances are people in your list don't even know how to hire you.
0: Yeah. So, and then it comes to the discovery call again, and we did touch on a bit of that. Is there yeah. anything different when you are talking to someone who is planning on a booking a discovery call? I mean, VIP day. Yeah.
1: Okay. So when you're talking to somebody on a discovery call and you've asked your questions and you get a sense of what's a good fit for them, and let's say that the VIP day is the thing, it's really important that the way you lay out the offer because let's say you're going, well, they could be a VIP, but they also might be a good fit for this group program that I'm having. You always want to lay out the offer with the most expensive thing first. So this is what's known as top-down selling. I don't know if you talked about this with your people, but it's super important. And also remember you are the expert. So it's your job to make a recommendation as to what the client needs, not what you think they can afford. So if you know that the VIP day is going to get them exactly what they want and get them where they want to go, then stand in your place of authority and say, you know, based on what you've shared, my recommendation for you would be the VIP program. Would you be interested in hearing more about that? So then you ask permission. Then they say, yes. Now you outline the program. You say what it is and say, does that sound? And then you issue an invitation. Does that sound like something you'd like to do together? And then you wait and you see what they say next. Now, if you're going to lay out a couple things, let's say you've got the VIP day and you've got the group program and the VIP day is the premium product. You're going to say, you know, there's two, there's two possible recommendations here for you. My suggestion would be the VIP day. Here's what's included in it or the group program based on those two options, which is the best fit for you right now? You issue that closed language and then you wait, you zip it and you see what they say next.
0: Yeah. The waiting. I know part. It's so <laughs> I like, hard. Will they say something? Should I say something? Yeah. You, you really have to not say anything and wait for their answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they will, in most cases buy because mm-hmm. otherwise they wouldn't have booked the call in the first place.
1: Yeah. And so that's a really good point too, is be ready to take that sale. So many clients will say, oh no, um, I've got to send them a contract first, and then we've got to do this thing first. No, if they're ready to book that VIP day with you, then say, let's go ahead and get your VIP day scheduled on our calendars. Let's pick the day. Next step now is to pay for that. Would you like to put that on a credit card? I can take that right now. And then you take the payment, and you can still send them the contract after. You can still send them whatever, ask for whatever additional information you need, but make sure that when the client is ready, And is saying yes, that you take that order because you're making it really easy for them. And it's super satisfying that when they get off that call, they're like, okay, I'm in, I know what's happening next. I'm not like, is she going to email me? Should I call her again? Like what's going to happen next? You don't want them wondering about what the next steps are. So be really clear and be willing to take that order, take that sale, take that credit card on the call.
0: Yeah. So what about pricing? Yeah. That is also a question that comes up. So what should you price your VIP day at?
1: Well, again, there should be a premium to it. Um, just to give like for somebody who maybe has never thought about this before, one of the things you might think about is what do you really like what what's your optimum hourly wage? And I'm not saying that I'm that you're quoting this to the client, but just to get you a place to start it, How much do you need to make, not not just need, but want? to make per hour for your expertise. Now, remember to bring all your expertise into this. This is not a, you know, oh, $30 an hour because that's what I got paid at my job. No, (laughs) you're bringing all your expertise. You also have a ton of overhead to run your own business as an entrepreneur. So what do you really want to make an hour? And then think about all the hours that are going to go into this because there might be some behind the scenes stuff that you're doing that's prepping, For the VIP day, there might be some, you know, after stuff. And that's kind of just a place to start. So just for easy numbers, let's say you want to make $1,000 an hour or even $500 an hour and you go, okay, so I'm going to do a five hour VIP day. So you already know right there that gives you a starting place for what that price point might be. So maybe the VIP day is somewhere between $2,500 and $5,000. Now, the next thing is to ask yourself, what can you get out of your mouth when you're talking to a prospective client? Could you say my VIP day is $5,000? And if you go, no. <laughs> okay. Could you say 4,000? Mm, maybe. Could you say 3,000? Oh yeah. I could say 3,000. Okay. Could you say 3,500? Yes. Could you say 3,995? Yeah. I think I could say that. That's your starting price. So that gives you a place to start. And then I learned this from a coach many, many years ago. She, she said, because the very first VIP day that I wanted to offer, we were working on pricing for it. And what she wanted me to charge, I was like, there's no way, there's no way I can get that out of my mouth. So I set the price that I could say. And then she was like, okay, Nikki, every five VIP days you sell, you got to raise your price. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. And then now what I find is usually only takes me to sell a few if I know that my pricing is out of alignment and then I raise the price and it gets easier and it gets easier and it gets easier as you talk about it, because you also start to see the value because what you're really selling isn't your time. You're selling your expertise and you're selling the results that the client's going to get out of it. So I've had people have VIP days with me and turn around and close a $40,000 sale like, do you think somebody's not willing to invest $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 to make $40,000? They sure, they certainly are. Now, does that happen every time? No, but over the course of time with me, you know, or like I did a VIP day with Nikki and next year I can attribute like, here was $10,000 I made because of that thing we worked on. Here's another $10,000, you know, and that stuff starts to really add up. So make sure that you're pricing accordingly.
0: Totally. I remember the first VIP day I did, I was like, asked, the the, the client asked me to do it. And I was like, ah, how does this look like? And I, I think I charged two and a half thousand. It was for half a VIP day. Uh-huh. So I was already kind of thinking a little bit higher. Good. I love it. And yeah. And then uh, the next one was like five thousand for the day. And the client it took them a long time back and forth over email and additional questions blah, 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 until they finally was closed. But once you've done it a few times, you're like, you're not going to do it for a lower price no. again. So then it's better not to do it at all than uh, selling your expertise too cheap.
1: Yeah. And if you feel, I would say, if you feel any resentment, like, okay, the person signed up and they paid this, and now I kind of resent that I have to do it because they're getting so much value. That's on you and you need to go and change your price. You need to raise your price. There should be no resentment. As a matter of fact, I personally think that your pricing should, should cause a little bit of a quiver in your stomach a little bit. Like it should feel a little bit like, Oh, that feels okay. I can say it, but, Oh, it feels like mm, my feet are being held to the fire. Cause they should be, cause this person is investing a lot in you. And when you feel that little bit of that like quiver in your stomach, then you are going to show up and be the best version of yourself and you're going to deliver at a really high value for that person. So they walk away going like, that was the best money I ever invested in myself, not even in you, right? That's the best money. You want your clients to walk away going, I'm so proud of myself for investing in myself and look what happened next.
0: Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. I agree with all that you have said, Nikki. So what is the best way for people to find more about you?
1: Well, the easiest way is wrapped around a gift for the listener, if that's okay. I have an ebook called Closing the Sale, and it talks through the last kind of three steps of the process that I teach of the Selling Staircase. So it talks through discovery, uh, proposal, and close. And so Closing the Sale, you can get that by going to your sales maven and it's dot com. your sales maven.com forward slash sigrin and then you'll get the ebook will be connected you'll be on my website and you'll get an email from me and i'd love to hear from you as a listener um did you start your offering your vip days do you have a question for me about it i'd love to hear from you
0: thank you so much for sharing that we'll link this all up in the show notes so that you can find it more easily and nikki Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Go to the show notes at sigrun.com forward slash 458, where you will find instruction how to leave a review for The Sigrun Show on Apple Podcast, and even if you don't have an iPhone. And there you will also find all the links to Nikki Rausch and her free gift that she mentioned in the episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show.